Hey, and welcome back to Stories, brought to you by Kiosk M1C. Kiosk M1C is the voice of Lower Stable Street and has curated all shops, events and exhibitions on Lower Stable Street since Coldropshire first opened back in 2018. Their mission has been to support new businesses and provide an environment in which they can thrive and grow. I'm Maria Hanlon and in each episode I'll be finding out the real stories of how these businesses have developed and how the community has helped shape their journey. In episode three, I chat with freelance artist and illustrator Sam Snow. If you've been to Lower Stable Street before, you might recognise Sam's work as he's collaborated with so many of the other shops and stalls and he's been a huge part of the community. In this episode, we chat about some of the exciting projects Sam's worked on, his incredible immersive workshops, which actually take place in Kiosk M1C, freelance life and loads more. Let's dive in. This is episode three with Sam Snow. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Could you start by telling me what you do, please? Okay, I'm an illustrator and artist and I create a large scale world filled with fun little characters that you can get lost within um, and, yeah, create your own little imaginative stories. Your work definitely encourages happiness and that's something we're going to delve into a little bit more later in the podcast. But one of the things that we always start with is people's journeys and their stories of getting to where they are today. So could you go right back to the very, very, very beginning and tell me where you first sort of fell in love with creating leading all the way up until now? Okay, so we're going to be here for a little while just because, you know, my journey with creativity is something that started off super, super little for me. I mean, the earliest memories I would say is like my mum telling me and also me remembering kind of, you know, just collecting paper and (laughs) I would just draw and draw and draw around the house and then each night I would collect my paper, put it in black bags underneath my bed and then count them and then anyone, if my mum ever, like anyone tried to take it, I'd count and then I'd be like, where's it gone? So it's very kind of, you know, early, early days. I'm talking about four or five, That's maybe really six. interesting because most people would just do like sort of drawings or sketches, but the paper thing. I no, no, no. It was just like, I, and I, and it still reflects in me today because yeah. I have an enormous amount of sketchbooks like left wow. over. Not, I wouldn't go as far as hoarding, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think, yeah, it's just something that I like to be able to have and know where it is and then reflect on. So I think, yeah, that's the earliest memory. But then, you know, kind of from that, I mean, growing up, I'd always delve into art as much as possible. And I think as well, like we get lost within the art world thinking, oh, what is creativity and even, you know, design. But it it shares into all walks of life. Like I played football for many, many years. And again, you can be quite creative and have fun with that. So I think, yeah, in and out through school and then it really started to like become more of a like bigger passion in years 10 and 11 when I was about 15 16 so even and then I went to college to study graphic design and that's where I fell in love with design like originally I wanted to be an architect which again is about kind of you know you're creating a structure there's a lot of creativity and planning that goes into it, which I see a reflection in my own work now because when creating something live or having fun with line art or whatever, you know, you're kind of almost like planning, planning in advance. Um, 
So then from college, I went to university, did uh, graphic communication, even more design. <laughs> so every brief I'd kind of get, I'd just be trying to translate it into illustration and just find my way back to that voice. And it's something I did, like, didn't really come through as much until I was like in my second year. And that's when I started playing with smaller characters. And this was due to a, a really, really close friend of mine. He's, he was studying in Brighton and we we would always have like art jams, hang out. And he was just like, oh, you know, one of the things that we teach on his course was just going above and beyond, pushing your creativity. And he said, oh, you know, you should really start playing around with some little characters and have some fun and just take outside your comfort zone because I try and draw very, very linear. And that didn't work for me. And it's not that, like I might have got there, but you know, it just would have took me a hell of a lot more time. So it's about I feel like Brighton as well. That is such a creative fine. space to be in. I feel like I was there when you were there because I went to uni there. I think twenty thirteen, and just seeing all the street art around, like the lanes, it's just so inspiring and so like colourful and creative down there, isn't it? So yeah, in Brighton, me and my friend, we'd just kind of you know be able to, yeah, we'd have our like little art jams, meet up with some friends, and then just get lost within the lanes like the art that's around there and you know also I'd ask him kind of what he learned at university so tapping into what he was Basically studying getting what, free education this, love that he's paying to do the course and you're just like tell me what you learned today this is it this is it so we'd you know often be working till like two three early hours of the morning just kind of being able to discuss creativity as well within that space was something really really beautiful for me and you know I always feel very, very nostalgic. Like, I'll explain why. Well, I'll delve into that a little bit more. But, you know, whenever going back there to do work, it's always really, really, really nice because I feel like it's a place that taught me a lot. And also, it was the early start of the style that I work in now. And I even sit like, people really, really enjoy seeing that. And I'm like, I can draw like that again just because it's so, like, it's almost like, that rawness to it that I I captured in a beautiful moment and it stays within that space and kind of the longevity of it can live on and people can understand that that's kind of the idea of the progression and where it's come from. For sure and we're recording this podcast in the Voices Radio studio and you actually designed the artwork that's behind us and in the booth as well. And your style is very recognisable. Now that I know you, I can see your, I can kind of spot your work all around Kiosk and Lower Stable Street. So how did you come up with your recognisable style of the characters? So I think for me, what's, so every little character is a little bit of me. So <laughs> essentially it's creating my own, my own little world. Like I have a bank of characters which I can chop and change and interact with one another. But I feel like, the idea of it is to be able to do something on the spot that you can bring life into and also not to confuse someone but people will see lots of different things so I'll always remember as a kid getting lost within words, words, uh, Where's Wally and that's kind of the direction which I'm slowly slowly pushing certain aspects of my work into like I've been designing colouring in books and lots of other different things and that is getting deeper and deeper within characters. It's almost like feeling, oh, how much can I get into this? What can people see? And if I can make someone smile through art, I think that's my job done. 
So could you give a few more examples? Because I'm so intrigued of other projects that you've worked on down here. So I think the other projects that I've worked on down here over the last couple of years has been, so I run workshops, which is colouring in and drawing. So I've used the kiosk space a couple of times. And the idea of that is that, you know, it's kind of been a long stem of something that I've been wanting to do. And it's like I had the idea for before uh, lockdown. So then when the timing was right, it was using the kiosk space and, you know, we'll kind of take a large roll of paper, lay it along the table. It can be four or five metres long. And then I'll draw bigger characters and then people can kind of intertwine and weave like within that and create their own characters or colour in one of my characters. And the important thing about this for me is, you know, it's a reflection and it also gives me more of a platform to talk about my relationship with art and practice what I preach. Because again, within the art community, I think people are very dismissive. If you're like, you're, this is this doesn't look good. Like, what are you doing type of thing? And that's where I kind of come from. Like I drew very linear. It wasn't the best. Um, but it's about finding where kind of you lie within that creative space or wherever you're going to. And there's no right or wrong. It's just about spreading and having fun and creative happiness as well. Like it's kind of the tagline which I'm working with with the workshops because, you know, what's art without fun? And I think, exactly, you know, I like that a lot. Didn't you do like a 60 metre one? Yeah, yeah. So the last, for Jubilee, we had five, like five metres at a time, five, six metres. And we did a super large 60 metre roll Um which was teamed up with like, you know, the street and um, a lot of the occupiers and as well as Argent. But again, this wouldn't have been if it wasn't for some introductions that happened from kiosk and working at Lower Stable Street. It's kind of been a beautiful progression of being able to have the time and space to learn and understand. And then also what I can kind of offer to a community from an artist perspective, which, uh, yeah, has come together in like a really fluent and relaxed journey I would say like kind of you know is uh eased into itself and since the first workshop is kind of snowballed like we've got one coming up for Easter again we'll be in the same location we was in for Jubilee and the idea is you know hopefully we'll do the same like 60 meters of Easter Easter fun lots of bunnies <laughs> <laughs> I love that yeah these 60 meter ones are becoming quite iconic So you've also had a stall on Lower Stable Street. How has that been? So that's that was really, really amazing. Um, you know, this year I'm hoping to come back once I've got some work ready. But I would say the biggest thing about having a stall for me wasn't the amount that I sold, but more the interaction. Just because you don't know who you'll meet down here and because it's quite a fresh market. I think a lot of people kind of plan their weekends. They're like, oh, what do we do today? let's go to Cold Drops Yard because Cold Drops Yard is still very fresh. Like it's like three, no, maybe four or five years old. And in terms of lifespan for a whole development, that's super, super early. So I think the market has been a driving force, like key asset to kind of how busy Lower Stable Street is getting. And especially in the summer, you know, you might be on it. There's always good vibes, good energy. I think there's about 20 traders now. So you'll just get a mixture of people and just being able to meet people and talk about my work was the most important because I think as well like a few different commissions come in that way which is really nice because it's just like oh yeah we chat people come back and then they're like oh I saw your work on Lower Stable Street can you 
do this for me or can we get a mural off you or a canvas because because i've got the mural stuff like the the workshop stuff but there's an array of different digital projects which i've been involved in as well and a couple of those has come from lower stable street which has been fantastic so that's so good and also i can imagine that creating and illustrating is can be quite lonely when you're doing it by yourself and you seem like a very sociable person yeah, so yeah. I guess it's nice to have the option to like chat to people and get new clients from actually meeting face to face as well as online no definitely definitely I think I think for me like uh because yeah illustrating is like especially kind of when you're doing it alone and working alone it can be a bit lonely but I think that's where I have my characters to keep yeah, me company because so there's, there's one thing that I get lost within as well you know you're kind of drawing you're doing your thing and then you know I'll draw stuff and if that makes me smile I'm like you know I'm thinking there's gonna be one person out of a hundred people that that will make smile yeah definitely. you know because the the odds are someone's going to enjoy it that's really cute I love that so it seems like you're obviously very booked and busy but you became freelance when was it last May yeah yeah so so how did you decide that that was the right time and how were the first few months navigating this new kind of way of working so I think I think for me it was you know I'd been working for kiosk for a couple of years and it had been like a really really fantastic journey and such a beautiful space to work within allowing me to kind of some days have the freedom to be able to you know work on different events that were going on and I think more and more as time went on I just saw myself not because I'd always be excited to come to work but there was kind of like a weighing scales like tipping point and I was just like oh you know I've got kind of a lot of work booked in and I think now I'm at a point where for the first time in my career I can be like oh I can go fully freelance I've got a good client list um, which again has been a really really nice kind of word and mouth progression which has been like well a little bit mind-blowing to myself because uh, you know people always come back and refer and then with the workshops we've had a lot of people coming back who have been to the first and second ones and they spot their work and they're like very very excited which is fantastic and um it's just that that tipping scale and I was feeling conf- confident and comfortable in my own work and just knew that it was something that I can push forward with and bring on more and more work and have fun with as well because the first few months I'm not gonna lie I was like oh my god what's going on you know you're kind of like in like you've left you've left this uh workspace where you're in for like three four days a week and you're like oh what happens if that doesn't come in? So there's even, no more stability. Yeah, like, oh. yeah. So it, it's even one of the things I'm like, pra- like practicing within, within myself now is you know just being able to stay calm a little bit more because I'm terrible as a freelancer waiting to hear back from things. I get very like you know anxious. I'm like, oh, why haven't they responded? You know, it's like the world doesn't revolve around you, man. Like, <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, and you, you just need to remember these little things. So. Just touching then on being freelance and sort of managing your time, what does a typical working week look like for you? I imagine obviously it's different because you're working with different yeah, clients, yeah. but what sort of hours are you doing? What sort of things are you doing it so within that time? I think I tried to plan it. So I have four days at the desk and then one day where I can just create content for myself because I think that's important. And one of the things that I've been doing since the turn of the year is just making more space for my I get like to delve more into my creativity and where I want my art to kind of push and lead and yeah it's important to do that because you know as freelance creatives you don't really give yourself enough credit to 
be playful you it's quite a strict practice you know depending on what kind of commissions you have coming in sometimes it can be it can be stressful but already we're doing a great job just just being able to be freelance and do what you love I think yeah that's so true it's so important to kind of remember why you did it as well as you said you started since you were like a kid kind of drawing and you know discovering art and stuff so it's so good to make sure that you still carve out that time to be playful and creative so it's not just too like regimented and although your passion is your work it's also something that you need to continue with and create and improve or whatever it is you want to do with it definitely so what would you say since being freelance what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned along the way I think again like touching on the points I was making previously is just taking the time a little bit to understand that people won't get back back to you straight away because uh you know i'll send off stuff and kind of wait in and wait in and then sometimes and other creatives i know kind of get stuck in that stalemate of just like you know oh i'm waiting for this email what am i going to do until this email comes in and it's just like if if stuff's meant to be it'll kind of come in and you'll be able to work on it if it's if it's not this one it's the next one you know, there's always going to be something on the horizon. I think one door opens, another like one door closes, another door opens. So for me and, and my practice, especially over the last year, has just been understanding kind of, yeah, things take time and not everything can all come in at once because the journey is way more important than the end, I think, because, you know, you'll enjoy it way more. And when you're there, you're there, you're in it, which is super, super fantastic. But I really enjoy the idea of like, you know, get busy, get your stuff done, bring on as much work as possible, but also working with the right types of people, I think is really, really important. Definitely. And I think, yeah, as you were saying, it feels nice when you're freelance and you can get to that stage where you can be more selective with who you work with. Because I think there is a temptation at the beginning to just take on everything, but it might not necessarily be the best for you or your brand or your business. I think, you know, one of the, like when I first went freelance, one of the things that kind of was difficult but now has come a lot a lot easier is just making sure you plan your time correctly so it's like if everyone's coming at you and it's like oh can you do this 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 and this just to say oh yeah I've got two weeks here let's book you in so it kind of you get that nice flow so you know you're not getting all at once and then stuff goes dry because most times people will wait and it's, uh, you know, I think, yeah, we get caught up and think, oh, yeah, they need it now, like ASAP. But if you just explain and are honest with most most clients, unless it's like a bigger agency, most people are kind of happy to wait for your work and for your input because there's value in that. And also, it, sometimes it looks good that you're busy and you can't yeah. do it straight away. If you're like, yeah, I can do that right now. They're like, huh, does he have other clients? Like, it looks good sometimes. <laughs> so, to for sure. So, so, sometimes you just got to fake it. Yeah, <laughs> so fake you it, make, you make it. it. That's exactly. That's exactly. one of my biggest things. Yep, get it. So, I get the impression that, obviously, you bring a lot of joy to people. So, I think this question is going to be very easy for you to answer. But what would you say is the most rewarding part of your job? I think it's just putting a smile on people's faces, you know, because... I was really, uh, so I run a workshop in the beginning of January and I was just mesmerized. Like it wasn't, it, it was a very small in, intimate space. It was kind of January themed and, uh, but it was, I think I had about 50 people in the space of six hours f- 
five hours, something like that. But everyone who come had been to one before and they all said, oh yeah, we saw your email pop up or we saw you were doing something for Eventbrite on my mailing list. And they were like, yeah, let's make a day of it. Let's go see Sammy, see what he's been up to, see what he's been doing. I was just like, um, by the end of it, I was just, my heart was overflowing with joy just because, you know, what better recognition and what better way to connect with someone through through art and what you do and what what you love to do because the beauty about the workshops is so many people come together and you know they might not be able to speak English but or like be able to communicate correctly or whatever like doesn't matter really it's just it's a universal language of art and people interact with people in such a lovely way you know it's like oh can I borrow that pencil and they're just like pointing and because it's young kids like some of that like like families from all over London come and people like visiting so it's um it's just a beautiful thing to watch and it very much resonates with me because I like to think I'm a big kid (laughs) you know like a lot of fun creating but I'm a bit serious but not a serious guy (laughs) I like to have fun as well so I think at the end of the day if if people can smile and have fun with me whilst creating I think that's the biggest biggest joy for me yeah you can see definitely that you literally love what you do and it's so nice seeing like all the photos of all the kids and like people you know literally bringing joy to them on their weekend or after school or whenever they do these workshops with you you can definitely see that so that's amazing okay so this is a question that we ask everyone on the podcast what is the one book or it could be a film or exhibition or something creative that someone wanting to get into illustration should consume maybe it could be something that's really inspired you Mm. when you first started I think uh, a lot of my inspiration kind of, I don't know, because inspiration for me, like, is is something that I've always seen kind of just around. Like, you know, what really inspires me is just seeing people, like, nail their craft. Like, more than anything, you know, I really, like, if someone's just absolutely killing it or nailing it, I'm just, like, beyond joy and just, like, I want to do that like you know like because what better way to kind of work and do your thing like I recently went to go watch it and no, I went to go see uh, uh Beyond the Streets in the Saatchi Gallery and that was super super amazing so I think if you're in London and looking for something to do I think it's until like the middle of May I would definitely go recommend that but I've always loved uh Keith Aaron like you can, if you know my work and I've seen it like you, you'll recognize instantly that I, I kind of do drop some of his stuff within within my world just because I think all time one of the greatest artists for me anyway. So where is the one place in King's Cross if you had to choose this is a really tough question that everyone should check out and why what's your top pick? I think just Lower Stable Street in general. You're like, pleasing everyone with I'm, this answer. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very like uh, biased <laughs> due to my time around this area and the community but I love Lower Stable Street for what it's bringing myself and for the people that are on on the street and the community aspect that runs because you know I I'm a social person I like I like to be able to have conversations with different people so when I was working on the street it was lovely being able to interact see if anyone needs any help being able to yeah like go around work with different people but I think, you know, if you're around the area, have a little day out down Lower Stable Street when the market's on, you know, and you can catch loads of different 
good vibes. You can go house cans if Kios are holding an event or any kind of exhibition pop-up space um, that's going on. You can pop in there. You can come down to Voices and see what's happening down here because especially in the summer, it just... It screams uh, happiness and joy. It's the place to be, isn't it? I think so, you know.